Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Hey, everybody, it's me, Tony Welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled. Yes, to we death are. <laughs> that you are listening to our show. Uh, we have Rob Chafe. Chef. Hello. Uh, sitting shotgun to Tony. Woohoo. And. Uh, uh, what, where does that expression come from? Sitting, sitting shotgun? shotgun from the from the stagecoaches, stage right? That's the Wild guy West, that, man. That held oh, the they so literally they, held so a the shotgun. The guy that wasn't holding the reins had, was holding the shotgun. Yeah, we both know something that Tony wasn't aware of. I'm I'm shocked that you That's, don't know. That. I wasn't I mean, around for the stagecoach days like you. But two. all the useless knowledge you got up there. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of it. Mark this down. Um, down now there. let's ask our illustrious guest today if he knew what it was. Go ahead. Guest, first of all, who are you? And then tell us if you knew what that meant. <laughs> well, I'm Hank Donovan and I am Rattlesnake Cable Company. And yes, I did know about Shotgun. This is the Wild West. That's where I'm from. He's in oh, Montana. Yeah. They, yeah, right. It's still the Wild West there. Yes. Well, yeah. Wild North. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, well, so Hank from Rattlesnake. Now, you might, depending on who you are, you might remember Hank's first visit to the show. <laughs> this was episode, which episode, Tony? Uh, 17. 17. 1-7. 1-7. Not 1-1-7, not 2-1-7, not 3-1-7, but 1-7. Uh, and Way I'm, back when. I'm still stunned that people even <laughs> said yes to come on the show back then. <laughs> but I'm awfully glad that you did because we introduced a very small audience <laughs> to... Uh, some really fantastic cables, and and everybody that's gone back and listened, which are actually quite a few people, um, uh, also got to experience it. And we thought, hey, you know what? It's time to bring it back on because he's evolved as we have since then yes. into all kinds of things, and still making, I would say, the best dang cables, uh, you know, out there for for what they do, and that's pretty cool. I'm still using the same ones I got way back then. Uh, gigging and at home sweet yes so we're gonna find out all the things about what exactly he's doing and why they're great and um, all kinds of good stuff uh and in the meantime we're gonna have a little bit of non-sensory so yeah um hope you took your emodium comes with the territory i'm gonna switch my headphones out switch it out twisted up oh yeah because your left was right and right was left well no it was the quarters it's still how is that possible it's still twisted Anyways, mm. oh, we're going to get through this. Uh, we have a couple of... Anna- oh, wait, by the way, and if everybody's like, okay, so what's up with this Rob Chafe guy? If you haven't listened uh, or if you skipped magically all the ones that he's been on, Rob, what do you do? I... Thanks a lot, Rob. Now, let's get uh, going on rude. with... <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. So rude. Uh, I work on guitar amps and pedals and basically anything that's electronic musical instruments. Yes. So not just guitar stuff. How yes. about tape decks? You know, I, I you are the premier amp a local guy repair really guy, that, not me. In uh, the greater Midwest, I'd say. Okay, I'm gonna say I'll that. Take that. I, I was just gonna say like my neighborhood, but Mm-mm. okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I'd put you in at least uh, the the quad state area. Wow. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. Anyways. So, uh, by the way, if you are regionally bound to Ohio and you're like, <laughs> I still need an amp, 
repair because I got a real nice amp and I need to repair it, you might want to check them out. And if you just want to learn about Instagram. goofy things that happen with amps, Instagram at Mad Cow Amplification. That's right. It's really entertaining. And um, he's got some kind of uh, giveaway for how many people can count how many uh, <laughs> hot rod, fender hot rods he's worked on. <laughs> <laughs> Ever? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I don't, yeah. That really should be a thing. You I, should I, figure that out. I, I, okay. I couldn't. He's going to provide a, have to extrapolate. a used set of 6L6s. Yeah, there you go. Pulled from a hot rod deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get on. We got a couple of announcements here. Uh, one of them uh, came from our pal Stu. Stu. Um, Stu of WPA. And he said, hey, 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 I'm catching up on episodes kind of out of order. Just finished Marshall 101 parts one and two. Nice. Man, we've gotten so much feedback on that, that was, one. That was, that a, was good, a lot of That stuff. was a good duo. They were great, but I'm voting for a part three. <gasps> what oh? would part three be? Hang on. Oh. I'm about to tell you, Rob. Okay, well. So impatient. That was setting you up. So <clears throat> Mainly due to the hurrying up at the end. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, we were aware, uh, Hank, if you weren't aware of this, which I'm, I'm sure you weren't because you were living your life. Um we had a, a dual episode of Marshall One on One Hundred One, all recorded on the same night. All recorded on the same night. It was like three hours. Three hours, <laughs> more than three hours. And so we we had to split it into two. And, and you know, the most of the stuff we skipped was, I mean, you know, yeah. There was, <clears throat> but hang on, but but wait, wait. There is actually a bit more to talk about with the JCM Nine Hundred, the uh. multiple models and wattages, uh, the DSL combos, and you could even mention. Make mention, and this is where I thought this got really interesting, of the builders and modders like Friedman, Head First, Monolith, um, Metropolis, mm -hmm. George, and uh, a couple other ones. I'm not criticizing, just encouraging. Anyways, as always, keep up the good work and take care. Well, thank you, Stu. Yeah. And I think that that is worth maybe talking about because there are some really notable... Um, you know, offshoots. We don't have to do a three-hour program on it. There's, there, there's a lot. You know what we, what I'd vote to do? There's okay. A, there's a guy up in Canada, it's a buddy of mine that does Marshall. I don't want to say straight-up clones, but his takes on vintage Marshall circuits. Yeah. So it's 800s, 70s, 60s, plexis, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, he would be a great guy to have on and to talk to him about that because he's been inside everybody else's circuits, kind of yeah. knows what's going on with all those guys you just mentioned too. And uh huh. So yeah, that's cool. We're, we're, let's do it. Yeah, if you want to do that one, okay. There, it, modding you, you your Marshall from, 101. You heard it from the the men across the aisle here. Uh, Marshall 101 Part Three. If you want to mod your Marshall. Now, Hank, do you yeah. play a Marshall? I do not. Have you I played like a Marshall? I have played. Have I you have played owned Marshall. a Marshall? I have never owned a Marshall. Okay. What do you play? Uh, my primary amp is a Matchless mm -hmm. of a HC30. Nice. And then the amp I played forever before that was a, a Rivera Knucklehead. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two very good amplifiers. Yep. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I had an HC30 with a 212 cab for a few years. Everywhere I took yep. it, people complained. It was so, so loud. loud. So loud, even on the low power setting, it's so loud. There's nobody for Hank to complain to. This I is mean, true. to complain to Hank, I'm sure, <laughs> right. within a 40 mile distance, his closest neighbor <laughs> in Montana. Yeah. That's I mean, a Montana joke, everybody. That, 
that Rivera knuckle is a hundred watt. You can't even go past two without mm-hmm. you know dust coming off the ceiling. Jeez. So every band I've ever been, it's always, we've always been too loud. But yeah. that's what I run is HC30 with a two by twelve avatar open back. That that's a great amplifier. Heck yeah, man. I don't know if we'll do a 101 on Matchless, but heck yeah, man. Uh, okay, so that was the uh, the announcement. Oh, no, no, no. I got a couple of more announcements. More announcements? So we've been g- gathering up a couple of giveaways to, for our patrons on yes. Patreon. Yes. We got another one from uh, Tour Gear, who sent us uh, some uh, uh, tea that, that he, he he's doing. Some uh, he, He's running a... Uh. He's, he's helping out a... A new business friend up there, and anyway, so he sent us some tea, and we're gonna give one of these big packets. It's like a big giant envelope of yeah of Canadian tea. <laughs> Is the tea grown in Canada? I, I would assume so. Well, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. I'm assuming. Sure, anyways. sounds good. So, anyways, uh, there's that. In addition to the, uh, the uh, we've already met. Actually, it should be given away by by this time. I'm hoping. If not, we will have. Given away the Daredevil pedal mm-hmm. and the Hello Sailor, Hello Range Sailor. Master. Wow! Yes, just giving everything away. Uh, whatever we get in, we try to get in the hands of our of our patrons. Uh, on can Patreon. we give away uh, Rob's iced tea? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, anyways, let's move on. Uh, what is going on in our music worlds this week? First, we're going to hear from Tony Baloney. Yes, and then we're going to hear from our good friend Hank. Well, Todd, this week, actually this Saturday, the uh, Chinese uh, Malcolm Young tribute guitar arrived. Ah. And all in all, a pretty decent instrument. But. (laughs) But. But. It's left-handed. No. (laughs) No, that would be cool. That'd be awesome. And uh, there, it, it took a it took a hit in shipping, which is you know is a problem. It did? Yeah, already in you, shipping. You in haven't shipping. even got it. No, I, I got it on Saturday. Oh, you, uh, oh, you okay? Got my bad. Do you want to follow <laughs> along, Todd? I'm sorry. See, when I say that the, right, the yeah, guitar yeah. arrived on, on Saturday, Saturday, I thought you were means... saying it, it arrives on Saturday. I get the D and the S messed up. Oh, okay. maybe, maybe I was hard. maybe I was slurring, but I wasn't. Um, but anyhow, um, it, it it's not a horrible ding. Uh, it it uh, in fact today I took it over to my buddy Sean's and we actually did a really nice touch up. I I found this. Um, UV cure uh, urethane, mm. which is actually pretty nice, and because it has a, a urethane finish, poly finish, um, it's really the only thing you could build up super glue and stuff. But it the 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 finish that they used did have a, a tint to it, mm-hmm. so we were able to uh, to add in a uh, um, it, it's called a it's a uh, it's a tint. Uh, that you would put in lacquer, mm-hmm. uh, but because this ure- the urethane allows you to do this, you can add it into there. And we actually got a really, really close matchup of, of that. Now, you can still see some of the little spider cracks and things in there. I don't care. I just didn't want a missing chunk of, of yeah. finish. Um, but the cool thing about this urethane is you can mix it up, you know, play with the, with the, with the tinting and things like that. Um, you brush it on. Or in this case, we just use like a popsicle stick kind of thing to, to kind of pack it on there. And then you, you let it sit for a little bit. You can 
bang on a little bit to get any bubbles out. And then I just have a UV flashlight and boom, cure it for 30, 60 seconds. Hmm. And literally you can go right into uh, sanding and scraping and, 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 and making it happen. So um, the, the product that I used is called Solar Ease, solar and an easy at the end. And um, it's a, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty impressed with this product. It, it actually works really well. It, you can build up multiple layers. You, uh, there's some videos of guys actually finishing uh, entire guitar bodies hmm. with this stuff. And, you know, they do it in kind of a, as long as there's no UV light present, you can slap this stuff on, move it around. And then when you're ready, either expose it to sunlight or if you have a, you know, UV light inside. Ah, okay. And so it's not, it's, it's kind of like a passive catalyst. The and UV, then the UV is the, UV the actual is, catalyst? The UV is the catalyst, yes. Yeah. So it's it's pretty cool product. So if you, you know, and, and urethanes are, are terrible to try to build up quickly and, and, and match. And, mm-hmm. and this one, given the fact that you can tint it, uh, the only tint it won't take is because the, it blocks UV light is red. Mm. Interesting. So if you have, you know, obviously pure clear, in this case it was kind of an ambery, kind of yellowy co- mm. color, that's fine. But yeah, the only the only caveat they said was uh, don't use red. Interesting. That's all right. Cool. So, uh, all things considered, I'm still putting it back together. New pickups, new tuning machines, level frets, uh, but it's actually a pretty nice guitar. I can't wait to see it. Yes, I think you'll Super like it. Super uh, Hank, what is going on in your music world this week? Uh, maybe withstanding the big bad world of cables. <laughs> well, recently, I have been playing with this thing by DF audio. It's called a mini bay patch bay. It's a desktop patch bay. So one of the, one of our team members is a, a, a fantastic musician does a lot of synth guitar bass work and runs it all through pro tools and has a bunch of pedals. And I wanted to hook him up with a patch bay because I personally didn't know much about it. I don't think he really did. And this was a really great way of, learning and experimenting with a patch bay, which I think is pretty sweet once we started looking at it, like what you can do routing different synths and having multiple effects and then be able to patch them in and out between synths and then have it all go into an interface on the computer, all just on the desktop where I've looked at rack mount patch bays and you just kind of go, I don't get how any of that stuff works, where this very tactile, you can kind of see the routing since it's all on the top and on the back instead of like front and back. Right. So that's been kind of interesting. They're out of uh, Australia, I do believe. And uh, What's we the just brand got again? that in. DF Audio. DF Audio. Yeah. And the, and the unit is called the Mini Bay V2. Because then that, that's the V2 part is pretty cool because you can control the normaling switching via dip switches in that. So, again, that's another aspect of patch bays. I was always confused by it, like normaled switches where things are passed through automatically or not yeah Um, so yeah it was kind of fun it's not my world but i I love i mean it deals with a lot of cables the eighth inch mono (laughs) jumpers and trs but it's my world now yeah Yeah, baby all routing it's fun (laughs) (laughs) nice very cool uh rob how about yourself Mm, i've been playing around more pedals 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 pedal pedals yes so yeah, comparing, I, I think I found out that I, I really for, uh, a subtle, 
game clean boost kind of thing. Um, I like the the um, clone circuits. I, I think I figured that out over like a tube screamer or blues break. I'm gonna I, I need to hook you up with a couple of them. Okay. What yeah. do you got? You gonna give me a preview of what you got? Uh, no, just give, there's like four or five of them. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then you can check them out and see what the difference is. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And the ones you don't like, just sell. Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. Just <laughs> put them up on reverb. Well, I found two in particular because I've gone through maybe a dozen. Which two? Um, a um archer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The gold one. So I don't remember which one right. that is, but um, and then the uh, Ryra. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are two leading clones. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've really liked those. The ones I haven't been particularly impressed with was um, the uh, King of Tone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. If it was a $200 pedal, I'd be like, okay, that's that's cool yeah, for somebody. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> um, and it wasn't even for, even if it was $200, it wouldn't be my favorite one. Yeah, um, interesting. Likewise, the Prince of Tone was, Yeah. Um, there were a couple other ones I tried. I can't remember what they were now. But yeah. That was the biggest one. I was like, huh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, or fortunate because you didn't. Well, uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> depends yeah. how you look at yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, yeah, so I've been playing around more and more comparing those and, uh, and stacking them into each other. Very cool. So That's also very fun, especially when you uh, are, are playing with, uh, you know, front-loading and rear-loading of, of those mm-hmm. uh, pedals. Um, uh, Hank, are you a, a clone, clone or whatever fan? Uh, yeah. I think th- I think they're pretty sweet. I personally I played with a few, uh, but I don't own any right now. We're actually giving away on the website right now a Bowman Audio Endeavors. Oh yeah, those are cool. And that's that's a that's a Klon clone. Yeah, mm. uh, lo- love that. Played that for a minute. For that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how how is that going to be up? So this is going to air next week. Yeah, it'll be up. Oh, it sweet. ends on November seventeenth. I think oh, in there. Good. So, you'll just yeah. you'll just be able to get in. So make sure where can people go to find out what you're doing, by the way? Uh just in general? Yeah. Like just on our website. So yeah, rattlesnakecables.com, uh Instagram and Facebook slash rattlesnake cables, all sorts of good stuff there. And yeah, if you if you go to Instagram or whatever, you'll be able to catch that giveaway really easy. Very to get cool. on the site. Giveaways are fun. Instagram, you say? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Have you He's heard signing of it? up right now. Yes. <laughs> Todd, what about you? Well, uh, two things. Two things. Speaking of giveaways. Yes. Um, into the microphone. Speaking I'm going to give microphone. away something right now. <gasps> what are you giving away? Well, it has to do with my music week. So I went and uh, I, I mentioned I got this uh, cheap speaker uh, from our. Local used record place called, uh, or not record, but a music place Musical. called Music Go Round. And it was, I, I, we believe it's an early. It's hep- actually a national franchise. Well, yeah, but our local one. Yes. I didn't go to the national franchise. Okay. I went to this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You, you went to one of the national <laughs> yeah, franchises. Anyways, uh, we believe it's a very early hempopotamus. Uh, it is a 30 watt uh, Alnico, uh, and, but it's all, it's, it's their. Like pink, bismo, like Pepto bismol pink, um, mushy, like back, like with a little lumpy in the back, uh, like you know Tony. Um, <laughs> anyways, put that in and did some did some refinements to uh, the little Hello Sailor amp to uh, you know kind of you know just freshen it up a little bit. Yeah, really happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, it, it looks sounds good. great. It looks good. it looks great. 
Sounds good, too. You played it earlier. I did. Um, I'm definitely going to, I think I'm going to record with it next time as like a, 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 you know, a second or thirdary uh, amp just to throw some extra color on some stuff. Because I was, it sounds great. Cool. Um, And anyways, whilst um, I was doing that. And at the same time. And at the same time, (laughs) I've got something. What'd you get? What'd you get? For Uh, Tony. Something for me? Yes. Oh, my goodness. What could it be? What could it be? It's a speaker. Oh. So when I was looking there, I I, I saw this uh, Jensen uh, speaker sitting there. I was like, whoa, that's a really nice speaker. And it was... uh, it was. Is this the the that's the the the, 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 the one that I said? Yeah, is? and he's he, I he said it was it should be about twice that price. So I said, it you know what, be. I'm gonna get this for Tony. So uh, oh, so there you go, Tony. Nice. Thank you, he, Todd. You, you contribute wow. so much to this Holy crap, podcast. And a, I appreciate is, you so much. That yeah. is really nice. P12Q. It's a P12Q Jensen. And, and it has this is the one that has the little bell housing over the Elnico uh, magnet. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. Thank you. Okay. You're wow. welcome. Okay, where's mine? Oh, you got the tea. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got the tea, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyways, so here you, you want, go, Tony. Do you want my tea? Mm, no, Thank you, Todd. Right. That was really, oh, that is that is uh, very special. Tony. You know, the, the day after, I went back onto the site, and it was gone. I know. And and I said, well, okay. shit, it wasn't I, meant I to be. I got it. I, as soon as you're like, well, I'm going to go down and get it. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because <laughs> uh, Tony, you're, I think we all know people out there. Um, Hank, I'm, I'm sure you probably know a couple where it's like, um, you know, we're grown adults. And if we want something, we well, sometimes. you're like, well, I'm going to go get it. And so when you're when you're able to you know get something and somebody's not expecting, it, especially if you're like, oh, it's still there, I'm gonna get it, and you and you go down there and they're like, oh, it's gone, somebody got it, but then yeah. you get it. Yeah, this one they 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 didn't have it uh, listed properly, and this is the. Uh, I'm not gonna tell them. Well, don't tell them for whatever you do. I'll, we'll have to put some new uh, things on here. Yeah, but anyways, here we go. Let's get on with the next little bit of stuff. Tony? Uh, yes, Todd. What are we doing? We're doing a four on the floor. Let me get a little bit of this! One, two, one, two, three. Four on the floor. All right, Hank from Rattlesnake. All right, so it's going to be kind of sad because we did episode 17, right? Yes. Three out of my four are still the same. What? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So I, t- I tell you, that's why I like those three. Okay, so let's do the it. first one is that Jengengar uh, by Pladask Elektrisk, which is from Norway. You're going to have to my spell f- that. I can't spell that. <laughs> you have to just kind of sound it out. Jengengar. And I think it starts with a J. And yeah. uh, I could be wrong. Or G. And, or or G. G. Okay, it's the Jengengar, what's it called? The company is Pladask Electrisk, and it's Norwegian. Pladask. And, yeah, P-L-A-D-A-S-K, something like that. There it and is. Electrisk. The, uh, the Fabricat? Nope. Yeah, the Jengengar, which I don't think they make anymore, is a delay. Um, okay. It's a gated delay with a, 
uh, oscillating oh, it's foot a switch. G J. Oh, there you go. There we Together. go. All right. Boy, glad I so <laughs> glad we solved that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. So I love that pedal uh, because the whole idea of the gated delay is if you play lightly, there's no delay. You start smashing it, and then delay just magically appears. So you can adjust that threshold. And that then there's two, nice. two buttons. One turns the effect on and off. So you can have it on and then play lightly and no delay and mash it and a delay. The second button is just that oscillating feedback. So at any moment, if the pedal's on or off, you can hit that button and just long press it. And you just build up, you know, the swirling epic feedback. So it's it's like a mood machine. It's great for intros and swells. It's it's great for playing a lead and then in the end just making the whole thing just go insane, just swirling out of control. So I love that pedal. It's the only pedal I've ever had that I use as kind of a tool for kind of creating emotion in a way when I'm playing. So if I'm trying to play loud, I want it to get weird, that pedal just automatically gets you there. Got it. You know, so, we, we start looking this up, and right away we're like two buttons, two buttons, two buttons. All we're seeing is the uh, uh, the V2, which is apparently mm -hmm. well, one button. Or maybe... With a bunch of switches. Yeah. It looks really cool, though, like very, very yeah. versatile. So I guess the only difference would be that there's that big knob. Uh, not Tony. Um, nah. <laughs> that is uh, controlling uh, the... The, uh, the rate was it the rate the mm -hmm. yeah it's it is strange i see one that's close to mine but yeah the, mine no, has the, the feed oh yeah yeah that's the one that's oh, the yeah. one that the other button Actually, is you're saying controls yeah i am i'm 100 wrong it's one button but you can use the one button to turn it on and off but you can long press the one button ah oh, okay better. So That's technically, cool. the, the the pedal's not on, and you can long press it and let go, and the pedal's not on. Ooh, I like right? this. Right? And the light comes on when it's on, so you just tap it, and it's on, and then it's like the gated delay. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. I, I just had a brain fart there on the two things. But yeah, it's, I treat it with two functions. But I mainly use the long press. That's that's where it's at, for for sure. That's, to me, like why I really like it. And it's super analog-y, dark-sounding delay, so it's not clean. It's, it's all swashy and kind of menacing about oh. it so yeah that's you, still my you don't you one. don't happen to have the reform do you no because that's going for almost a thousand dollars ton mm. lights off you fifty dollars for Hello. one if you do have it yes no. <laughs> good night gracie okay how about number two <laughs> uh number two is still gonna be earthquaker devices dispatch master that, yep. that thing cannot cannot not use it it's always on uh or not always on but i'm always going to it either for intricate versus light swirly reverb delay or i love feeding my number three which is my overdrive uh the creation audio labs holy fire into that for leads mm. and that and that goes into that and it just kind of explodes so that's that's a uh, that part of the equation too so i usually use it for real quiet nice pretty parts or i use it for just gnar and if i do holy fire dispatch master and the jengengar that's that's where you know amps start shaking and it's 
sounds pretty wicked. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds pretty good. I, I'd actually, I'd really be into hearing some of that action. Yeah, yeah. So, how about number three? Uh, that's uh, Creation Audio Labs, Holy Fire. Oh, my okay. only problem with the Holy Fire is it tends to break, and oh. when it breaks, there's a tube in it, it and. Uh, Mine is the 24 volt version, and there's, apparently there's a nine volt version. Mm. Uh, I literally have two of these pedals, so when one breaks, I send one in, and I still have a backup. That's how much I like that pedal because wow. I, when that pedal breaks, and I have to get something else. It just really just just doesn't fill the void for me. So literally, I have two of those. Um, either the and it's one of those classic that are all potted and gooped. Mm. And so the foot switch tends to get wonky. And then when that gets wonky, I usually have to send it in or then it eventually just stops working. And they just like give me new guts or something and they send it back. Wow. Then I, then I use my number two until that comes back and then I swap it back out. It doesn't happen all the time. Like since I did episode 17, it's probably happened maybe twice, but definitely once to the point where I had to get the second, second fill in. But I'm always wondering. Right now, it's a, it's getting the finicky where I feel like, oh, it doesn't turn off or it doesn't turn on, and uh, I have to kick it a little bit, and then then I'm like, okay, it's it's <laughs> going to be soon. Um, have you so. have you tried other things that might do a similar thing? Oh yeah, I mean, I used to run, man, I used to run so many things for that spot. So I used to run a Tim for that spot a lot. Um, that would be my number two if I couldn't use the Holy Fire. I'd probably go to the Tim. And then I used to use, uh, oh, my God, what's that? Uh, Spaceman Affilion. That used mm, to be in there. Okay. So those are contenders, and I can put, put them in and put them out if, you know, in a jam. There was also a, yeah, there was a rabbit company. I can't remember. That was over by you guys. It's old. I don't even think they're around anymore. Mm. Um, they had an overdrive that it would fit in that slot every once in a while too. Wow. But every time I get the, every time it's an example, like when I first got the Holy fire, I thought it was, eh, it's all right. It's a little, it's a little much. It does like, it's, it's, it's sounds a little aggressive. It's not very transparent and there are things about it. I didn't like I'd put it on the shelf and then every time I'd put it out for a lead or something, I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I, this is what I've been missing is this thing. And, uh, it's just to embrace what that is it's definitely it's overdrive and distortion but very amp like and it's like i said not transparent it's a little bit on the dark side but you know i, I don't care it sounds great <laughs> you know and i'm trying to achieve like i almost like how it inner interacts with my other pedals like the dispatch master it like makes my dispatch master freak out when i go push it with <laughs> that. so those are things where I'm just kind of experiencing how it makes me feel when I play it. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, oh, it sounds just like my clean tone, except like super loud. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to figure out a tone that fits. And when I'm trying to do an like explosive lead or some kind of feedbacky thing, that thing just crushes. That's uh, what it's all about. You got to just work, get what works and yeah. run with it. Um, how about number four? Number four... Uh, I've been really liking this. So I have like all these different stages of gain in my setup as far as I like my amp to be what I'd call just the medium grit, where if I start smashing and it starts breaking up, but if I play lights super clean, 
I like it to be in that zone. Mm-hmm. So that'd be like my one stage. And then we talked about the the holy fire. That's over the top. That's like full, full buck. You know, it's we're going all out. And then I have a channel two on my match list that I like for like it's a little the uh, the F86 side. I like it. It's a little bit dirty. It's a little bit more crunchy. But I wanted something where it was just more overdrivey, hairy, but you know, not super distorted. So I ended up getting a long time ago a Beatronics Overhive. Oh yeah, and uh, I love that thing for like a like a low gain overdrive. You crank it, and it's still you know just has the dirt just a little bit. Um, Killer love that. aesthetic so, too. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Super, super nice dudes as well. Like, oh yeah, they're great. Yeah, uh, that is a that is a pretty fantastic little pedal mm. and built like a tank. Yeah, I'd say if you can get your hands on one of those out there, I would do that. Um, well, Hank, I appreciate you sharing your new-ish four on the floor. Uh, yeah, and maybe and, six years from now, I'll have the same three and another new one. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Nice. I've had six of these uh, holy fires. <laughs> yeah. Break every two years. Yeah. Uh, so we need to find out what's what you're all about. What's rattlesnake all about, and why um, why they're great, and why you've uh, grown so much in the in the well in the last what six years? What's what's the math on that, Tony? No, yeah, over seven, the, years. Oh, 20, seven years. Oh, twenty twenty sixteen. Yeah. My gosh. Oh man. Isn't that yeah, crazy? I, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, before the show, we were talking about uh, a phase of uh, being a business where you're just, I want to say, like, maybe like a hobby, right? So, Tony, mm-hmm. you were talking about you were, you know, working for a while before you actually became the pick guardian, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. it was this phase of that. So, when I think of Rattlesnake, Rattlesnake to me around 2016 was the beginning of this is what I want to do for the future. And this is, this is the direction I want to go into. And 2016, I was, I had my own web development firm and I was coding and, and, and did that for many, many years prior. And to think about how do I transition from this job to another job, all still in the same place, in the same house with, Mm. you know, my wife being involved in both businesses and, trying to hire people and how do I let go of, you know, really good paying jobs to sling some cables and how, you know, how does this all math out in life? And, and are we sure that this is what I want to do? Right. Yeah. So that particular point of 2016 is really interesting. Is that, that is the point where, okay, we're, we're committed and going to do this full time. This is what we want to do. And then the trick is how do we do it? How can we actually quit my own job, my own business, and then start forming this other business and then moving forward. But that was the moment where uh, it, it changed from a hobby and became the, the full focus. And from that point on, it you was mean when, when you came on the show? That's yeah. That I mean, it point. was yeah. After the show, yeah. he just exploded. Yeah, <laughs> after <laughs> talking to you guys, yeah, that was it. Yeah. But, you know, just the psych- you know, psychological aspect of, you know, making that transition was always very difficult. But luckily, I think, you know, I can t- go on and on about our cables. And I stand behind them. I love them. I, I, I'm so proud of, like, what we did. 
But to me, I, I think our success over the years has really been trying to establish a really strong community and customer base and working with musicians on a regular basis every day, all day, being available on phone calls and emails and socials and all of that. I think those, those along the side of a great product is what aids that business to grow. You know, you have the greatest product in the world and really horrible customer service or bad production or horrible morale in your team. And, and it'll all just like fall apart like a house of cards mm -hmm. where I think we, from the moment Amy and I started this business, uh, we really focused on the customer and we all, we all come from a service industry background. So thinking about restaurants and how they are successful and how to treat customers and what's important about consistency and uh, reproducing that same experience from one time you go to the restaurant to the next time. And the whole idea of, you know, you eat with your eyes first, you eat with your nose first. There's all this presentation and, you know, just con constant consistency. And then as a server working on a, at a table, it's about providing great customer service to the people that are sitting there. So we always ship in fast. We're always very like over communicate and make sure everyone's treated really well. And they're just super stoked. And that is what creates that vibe of, you know, telling friends and bandmates about our cables. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, the cables have to be good. That's like, that's just a, that's just a truth that has to be existing. Right. Yes. We just don't hang out, hang our hat on that fact alone and say, well, we just make the best cables. Therefore that's why everyone wants them. It's, it's about all the pieces of that puzzle. Mm. Well said, well said. Uh, and let's talk about these spectacular cables. I have, I'm going to mention the, the ones that I have. Um, I'd say I've got a, I think a 20, 20 foot, no, yeah, I think I got the 20 foot uh, standard. And, yep. and, and we'll go into what all the things are. And I have uh, the, I've got two of the speaker cables because the speaker cables are fantastic. I mean, they're nice. like, those things are as thick as your thumb <laughs> and, and, and at the perfect length, indestructible. Uh, and then the the first one that I got was the the snakehead because that's when I, when I saw that that's when I picked up the the, the email and, and and didn't call you I emailed you <laughs> but, but I was <laughs> like I was email, like yep. wait a minute that's different and right. I always loop my cable mm -hmm. through the strap through the mm -hmm. strap and this is specifically made to do that providing the greatest amount of flexibility not crushing the cable not screwing up your guitar and also still has their what the the thing that their rattlesnake is known for which is the the flex weave covering um is that what it's called technically uh tech flex tech flex yeah the tech flex covering and the jacks are legit a lot of times you get cables and you're like hey this is cool and the jack's okay you know whatever you mean the plugs yeah the plugs too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank you. yeah it's an input jack <laughs> yeah, it's an, whatever yeah the plugs <laughs> it's, I, mean, I had a long day whatever um yes the plugs are I, it's just impressive you get this and they're like this is high quality and just like you said if you hang your hat on it or if if you say well we make the best 
when you pick it up and you know it is just by the the look and the feel of it without even playing it you're so many steps ahead of the game so yeah um and you you bother to put it in nice packaging and it's just a great presentation it's quality from beginning to end and that goes a long way especially when you're buying utility gear Oh, yeah. Tony's shaking his now, finger at me. Now, Todd, I think we should point out to our listeners that no actual rattlesnakes are this, harmed you were, you in the manufacturing the of these cables. You were getting impatient with me over that? Yes. Jeez, my knees. <laughs> well, you're okay. babbling. Uh, you just babble. Am I babbling? You were just babbling. A little bit. A little bit? <laughs> a little. All right. A whatever. little wandering. Hey, I like Not to talk babbling. about the yeah. things it was, that, it that was I become, like. It was becoming a Toddcast. Oh man, you guys are rough. <laughs> man, so hey, uh, so let's talk about uh, like Todd was talking about the ends and everything. Uh, how'd you how'd you land on the plugs that you use for it and the cabling and all of that? Did you go through different options and testing? Yeah, and good thing I provided that segue. Right. Yeah. Right. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it was just a it was just a series of getting feedback like if we talk about plugs right away i mean when we first started we actually used amphenol plugs that were quite popular in the in the boutique world and i thought they were pretty awesome and i like them but immediately it was a lot of people is like oh we need neutric hmm. if they don't have neutric we don't want them and hmm. i started getting a little surprised by that so i'm noting that and then i just thought based off of that feedback that maybe what we'll do is we'll offer both, right? So mm -hmm. you can pick between uh, nickel and gold, amphenol and neutric. And suddenly neutric was winning by a lot. Mm -hmm. So the idea of like stocking all this inventory for something that, yeah. that wasn't really that popular at the time. And I'm glad because I mean, when now when I look at supply chain and all that stuff, I mean, neutric is it's a big giant brand makes mm -hmm. great great product and even during the pandemic it was a nightmare to get supply and I, I think it would even be 10 times worse if we went with any other brand so uh that was a, the reason why we went to that particular for our main instrument cable but our speaker cables we went with switchcraft 188s and i just think they're insanely awesome Mm -hmm. And uh, they need to really be a big plug to accept. Those are dual 12 gauge conductors inside that wire. So I want to make sure that the the pans can accept that nicely without you know being too small and too tight and overheat. And those those jumbo straights just really work perfect. And love them. People seem to really love them. We still provide Neutric Speakons, and then with, we have a right angle option. Also, we actually do G&H for those. So we use mm. G&H with uh, uh, jumbo shells on them. So we can, same thing. So we can accept that wider uh, cable diameter. Mm -hmm. But the wire itself, that was a series of trial and error and experimentation until I figured out exactly what the components that I wanted out of there. I wanted a braided internal shield, oxygen-free bare copper. I wanted a 20-gauge conductor. And there was a capacitance rating that you know, I want to get in that kind of sweet spot range. So when we work with our wire mill, that's when we were able to, mm -hmm. to put that order in and then have that milled and then sent back. And then as we started, because when we first started, we didn't have speaker and we didn't have patch cable and we didn't have XLR. And in fact, when we first started, we only offered straight to straight nickel 
plugs mm-hmm. on that. That was it. So every three, four months, we'd you know maybe get enough money to, okay, maybe we can start offering ride bills. And we'd get enough money that maybe we can get some speaker cable milled. And then we'd get that sent and then see how that, you know, was working. And eventually, you know, and then it was like flex patch and uh, XLR. And we started, and then, you know, now we have color PVC and it's a whole thing to, you yeah. know, to go get it, go yeah. get it milled. And, you know, like I was talking about the pandemic, you know, in the, in the good old days, pre-pandy used to be a six week lead time to get cable milled. And now it's nine months. So we have wow. POs in 2020 today, you know? So now the question is, did we get enough made? Do we get too much made? Do we have enough money to get, you know, it's just like this whole, it's this whole thing where it's, uh, it's, it's intense. As, as Sounds you like you need to go into the milling business. Oh my God. <laughs> I walked into, I walked into a mill and, and I remember mentally, I was like, okay, I'm going to like, remember, I'm going to remember some of these machine names. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, there's going to be a giant machine where there's like copper poured into it and like junk chunks of PVC and, and out on the other end, like a pasta machine, it's like a cable comes out. And when I went into the mill, I just could not believe how every single stage of the cable is a machine that does mm-hmm. it. There's a mm. one machine that just makes the 20 gauge conductor. And then that goes into another machine and makes the insulator. It goes around that 20 gauge conductor. And that goes around another machine and gets a semiconductive PVC on it. Uh, and these things are like 15 yards long. The machines mm-hmm. and and I was like, oh man, this. <laughs> no, I'm not getting in the milling game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wow. But it was fascinating. I, I had no idea that it was so involved. It's amazing. Yeah, that's kind of like when you go to a, a printing press. Uh, oh yeah. If you've ever been visited a printing press and you haven't been to one, you're like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was going to be yeah, like exactly. a really big home printer, or yeah. <laughs> yeah. like a wide carriage or something. <laughs> yeah. It's like this is literally as long as a semi truck. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, anyways, well, that's uh, th- thank you for giving us the insight on on some of that and some of those decisions. Um, I'd love if you could talk about the the snakehead because to me that was that was really a game changer. I'd never seen oh, yeah. anything like that. So my friend who I, I, I was in bands with him for many years and I'm still friends with him. I actually worked in a restaurant with him before that. And he's the biggest, I, I always just joking and call him like a cork sniffing guitar player. Like he just loves thinking all the gear. Have like, you met Rob here? <laughs> well, he, might, he might sniff the same cork. I don't know. But, you know, I'd, I'd go into practice and he'd be like, you hear that? I changed one of the 12, you know, <laughs> one of the 12 inch speakers in my four by 12. You know, I put greenbacks in that one and a you know, scumback in this. And I'm like, it sounds the same to me every single time. Loud, you know, <laughs> but, you know, he sat me down, actually recorded every speaker. And I'm like, wow, he really is a difference. Oh, wow. You know, and he'd really school me. And he's he was just uh, always, always thinking about tone and like functionality gear and everything. And, you know, when you guys are talking about the plexis and stuff, he's like a huge Germino fan. And, uh, was it divided by 13 was another one of those, mm-hmm. um, amps like that. But anyway, uh, he had one of my cables and he was just like talking. We were trying to think of a way, uh, of getting a piece of sliding shrink tube. So it would just be right at the, where it rubs against this Les Paul. Mm-hmm. And then you can move it and like slide it around. And then, then one day he's like, man, what if you just like stop that? Like just stop the weave and then just go on p- past that. And I was like, I try it. And we did it. And he's like, oh, this is what I want. And he's the one who came up with the name Snakehead. And uh, 
you know, just one of those fortunate things that we were just like drinking a beer and talking about gear. And he came up with this idea. I was like, yeah, hey, I wonder if anybody else will like it. I figured you'd be the only one. And sure enough, he wasn't. And it's been pretty popular. It's great. Yeah. Oh. It's it's cool when you're like, derp, 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 wait, what's this? I have to have this now. This is going to change my life. And honestly, that, that made a, a huge difference in yeah. in in playing. And, um, you know, if you're swapping out different guitars and stuff, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great, great, great idea. Um, and if so, for the for those uh, go to the website, if you're able to right now, even if you're on your phone, go and check out the snakehead on the rattlesnake cables.com and i think you will come to the same conclusion i also want to clear something up too because I, I, there's a little bit of misconception with this which is it's hard to convey that on the website sometimes sometimes people think i'm actually adding something to it like extended protection or like more shrink tube and it's actually the opposite i'm taking that weave away so it's just the raw pvc of the the cable underneath is what is, is exposed mm -hmm. and then another misconception a lot of people have is they suddenly think these cables are directional like oh but i want to plug the snakehead side into the amp and the other into my pedal board is that going to be okay and it's like doesn't matter it's just a cosmetic improvement for a specific function but it, it's the same cable you can plug it in either way you want and uh yeah just don't plug it just in to your speaker yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, well, actually, while we're talking about that, I, if you don't mind, um, and uh, you know, we might be rehashing a little bit what we did before, but um, having just come from a, a gig and knowing a lot of uh, new musicians who are out there um, putting their stuff together, why do you want to use an actual speaker, quote-unquote speaker cable, not quote-unquote, a real speaker cable, sorry, uh, <laughs> As opposed to, well, I got to get another guitar cable laying around. Yeah, that's a that's always an interesting conversation. And I actually wrote an article about it on our website. And I knew I had to back it up because, I mean, what do I know, right? I'm just the cable guy. But so I actually talked to Paul Rivera of Rivera Amps. And I talked to Ben Varellen of Varellen Amps. I, just, I still wish he was making amps. And I talked to Phil Jamison of Matchless Amps. And I asked the, all those three dudes that question if they can if you can do that or not and i wanted to make sure that was conveyed properly and the answer obviously is no but the reasoning more is about the physics of the cable so a true speaker cable is a two conductor to send positive and negative for that circuit to the speakers where you still have two conductors in an instrument cable you have a center conductor and outer shield and one of the problems is you you could potentially have resistance issue because the, the shield conductor is so much thicker than the 20 gauge signal conductor. So that's could potentially be bad. But the other idea is that 20 gauge conductor is so much smaller than like our 12 gauge conductor. So if things do get hot, you could have a short and that thing can melt inside of there and melt that insulation that separates the two. Where when you have that 12 gauge, it can take the heat, it can take the juice, um, I also had someone else, I, I kind of compared it like driving a car with a stick shift. Like if you plug in a guitar cable in a pinch, it's going to work. Because that was the argument. Well, I plug in a guitar cable and it works. So what's the problem? Mm -hmm. Well, I compared it to like, well, you can drive a point A to point B 10 miles across town and leave your car in first gear the whole time. You theoretically can get to point A to point B, but it's not good for your engine. 
It's not good for anything. We can get you there. So that's the way I kind of look at it. It's, it's, it's good practice to use a speaker cable. I mean, I would only use a speaker cable, absolutely. And I also like to use a, a beefy speaker cable. Beefy. Beefy. I was just thinking about the uh, Tommy Boy speech. <laughs> <laughs> you can boy. <laughs> Anyways. One I mean, Rob, thing- would it, oh, do you have any thoughts on that? Um, yeah, well, um, so uh, any size conductor has a maximum voltage rating, which mm-hmm. would, would limit you know, what it's safe to use before it breaks yep. down. Um, and then the smaller conductor, of course, will have more resistance, which is pretty important if you're running a tube amp into a low impedance speaker like a four ohm load or something picking up an extra half an ohm or or uh, one ohm of resistance is huge that'll drop your output by you know 20 some percent so yeah wow really oh yeah sure and that's what i always hear is it's hard on your output transformer Mm -hmm. so eventually you're gonna burn that up potentially you're mismatching a load you know and you're gonna be turning it up hotter to try to get in your theory, volume back exactly, in theory. Yeah, Eventually you weld it all together. <laughs> so, yeah, especially like what you're talking about. If someone uses a guitar cable, it's probably not going to be a three-foot guitar cable either. It'll probably no. be like a 10 or 15, 20-foot. No. So then you add all that up and yep. and then loss of capacitance, everything else. And, yeah, next thing you know, you're like, boy, this, yeah, I've lost a lot of power. I'm cranking it up. It doesn't sound right, yada, yada, yada. So And some amps are very forgiving with mismatch impedance and others are not at all. So you could, you know, damage your output transformer. So, hmm. what yeah. about bass amps? Because when Ooh, aren't those e- like like even forgiving more, on that? Um, no, even more so because you've got more uh, so. a much higher uh, secondary voltage coming off the transformer than you would. Yeah, mm-hmm. the higher wattage because really where wattage comes from, wattage is is voltage squared uh, divided by the resistance or the impedance of the speaker. Um, Everybody so to get write the, that down. <laughs> <laughs> So It'll be a quiz later. Yeah. So to get the higher wattage, what's actually changing on a guitar amp or whatever is the voltage, the AC voltage coming off the secondary from the transformer. So um, so with a, a base tube amp, you know, most of them are going to be 200 to 400 watts. That's way more voltage being applied to it. So, yeah, you put a 20 or 22 gauge lead on there that's got a maximum voltage of, I don't know, whatever, you know, low voltage and, and high resistance. Yeah. Not going to be What about good. solids? What about solid state? Because, I mean, that's the thing that always, like, puzzled me with, like, solid state bass amps. They didn't have, like, a ohm selector. Just, like, it just magically manages well, that. Well, yes but and no. Yeah, getting some stuff there. Um, the – I'll try to make this as short as possible because this is not the, the solid state versus tube 101 thing. But um, yeah. a tube amp, the output tubes um, effectively see the speaker load through a transformer so that the job of the transformer is to match the speaker load for the tube operation so like if you have an old paper towel roll tube and you're and i'm looking across at tony i can see okay i got i'm i'm tracking keep going okay all right (laughs) i don't know where he's going just uh yeah um where a a solid state um product puts out a a voltage um that is consistent uh it doesn't change with the different impedances um, so what actually mm. happens is it's in the output device isn't dependent on the on the speaker load applied to it. It's going to be able to put out a consistent. So like if you plug in a solid state bass amp and you play some notes and nothing's attached to it, it's still putting out 50 volts at 1K or whatever frequency you put into it, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. And how and if you notice those amps are typically they're rated at a maximum wattage at a certain impedance, 
And then if you use something, a higher impedance, the voltage, or the, I'm sorry, the wattage goes down. So at 4 ohms, it's 400 vo uh, watts. At 8 ohms, it's 300 watts, and so on and so on. Um, so, so you're wasting, I don't say wasting, you're, you're not getting as efficient of an output from it from a higher load. Hmm. But it's not actually a matching to the operation of the output device. It's kind of yeah. gotcha. I, I'm sorry. I, I we we could get more into it, but it'd yeah. be <laughs> this like podcast Homer got Simpson way interesting right all of a sudden. Yeah, well, I, I know. well, it got way something. Yeah, so you asked. Yeah, I wanted to know. That's great. Yeah. Hey, who wants donuts? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Hank, one of the uh, the blogs that you have on your on your website that I enjoyed was uh, your discussion of the the Rico sound. Uh, oh yeah, and I think you, you you were one of the few people that could actually explain. And what's cool about it, it also uh, you know you, you're able to incorporate a number of your products into doing that. So you know basically yeah. the, out of a you know a Rick that is equipped with uh, with Ricka sound, uh, there's generally two jacks on on the instrument, and um, you have you have to use a, a TRS cable that goes into basically a splitter box and that you know that was the original Ricka sound uh accessory that you had to buy in order to really uh, use that but you offer all of that stuff so why, can you talk about that a little bit yeah so um there's a couple of uses with that trs to dual mono splitter but the the rickenbacker Ricko sound is i just remember being in the 90s and i'd have a friend or friends and they'd all have a Rickenbacker bass and then they'd all be excited about the Ricko sound and they'd be like, yeah, but it's broken. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work. You know, it's like, sounds cool, but it doesn't work. Just a neck pickup comes out and that's it. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I just remember that, like, man, that sucks. You bought a used Rick, Rickenbacker bass and it doesn't work. But the, you know, the standard output just magically works. Fast forward years later, I had a, a, a friend who had a 1979 Rickenbacker bass, and I wanted to borrow it for this Ricko sound just to see what it was all about. You know, I got a TRS cable going from the Ricko sound because it's sending uh, independent signals from both pickups. So neck pickup goes down tip and bridge goes down ring, down the one cable, goes into the TRS to dual mono splitter, but now you can have your neck go into one amp and your bridge go into another amp. Or series of pedals or different channels or is like all sorts of crazy stuff you can do uh, simultaneously around that time um, i was working with kevin burkett at electrical guitar company and he was working on these jerry garcia travis beans and that uses an oboe which is a um, onboard effects loop where jerry garcia would have a regular uh, cable going out of the output jack of the guitar but then there was a trs jack as well and you'd run that to a splitter down to the ground and then he would have a series of pedals on the ground and he can activate that effects loop with a toggle switch on the guitar oh, and there was a blend so you can blend in that phaser pull it out all within the guitar so kevin wanted to do these reproductions of these guitars so we started selling uh, trs and splitters to him and there's so many, there's a piezo magnetic pickup setups and mm -hmm. acoustics, same principle, stereo jack, run a one line, and then you can, you know, send the piezo to front of house and mag magnet pickup goes into an effects loop and goes into uh, your amp behind you or something. Then you know, front of house can blend the two. And you can do that kind of stuff with that. 
But that Rickenbacker bass, I thought it was so cool. Again, I was using a match list. So I had two independent channels on my match list. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put a uh, bridge to my channel one. And I'm going to like crank that so it's all dirty. And I'm going to send my neck to channel two. And I'm going to like put some low end, but keep it real clean. And I'm switching my pickup selector. And it's, you know, it's going between those two channels in my amp. It's really cool. But then I could not believe the sweet spot of middle position I was like, oh man, if I was a bass player, this would be my tone. Just a little bit of hair on the outside, a little growl, a little grit, but the whole meat of the bass tone was on my other channel, just clean and just thumping. And I was like, man, that's like this is the best, best tone shaping setup I've ever had when I played a bass before. Like you can never get that out of a pedal, you know, it's just like your low end, your mid-range just drops and all that and you can still have all of this low end yet grit so and another thing with the rickenbacker they used to do y cables a lot with that and i hate y cables we don't offer them it just they just it's just a real potential point of weakness and eventual failure but i love the fact that the uh the splitter gives you flexibility like i can change my trs length anytime i want i can plug in patch cables to the two monos out and go into my pedal board one minute undo it, put two long cables, go to my two separate amps, depending on your application or if you're in the studio, it's, it just gives you whatever you need. And, uh, so that's, that's one of the surprises that, you know, when we started offering it, we just started seeing a lot of interest, uh, obviously a lot of Rickenbacker players come by and that's really cool. And it was really, uh, fun to hear people's stories of having a Ricco sound forever, like literally like 40 years and then <laughs> never never tried the Rico sound. I was like, oh man, get ready, buckle up. You know, this could change, this could change everything for you, you know, or at least it's going to be fun. Um, it'll give you a different angle of that. And, uh, a lot of Rickenbackers too were slightly modified and modified also to short that too. I've seen that too, or someone will be like, I plug it in and Mm. it's the same behavior on both outputs. And then when they go into the guts of like, you could see it was like wired that way. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to know which one I plug in. I'm just going to plug whatever, and it's going to be the same, you know? And that happened in, you know, 1982. And, you know, you don't even know that's happened after you're, like, the seventh owner of this base. Hey, uh, can we talk about, just really quickly, the the whole weave thing? Yeah. Uh, because that uh, was... I think your cable was the first one. You had two firsts no. in my book. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm saying the first one that I was really aware of. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, that and the snakehead thing. And I was like, what? Because I'd been wor working with like tangly cables and stepping on them and wrecking them and everything. And um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, the weave, I mean, definitely we didn't come up with the weave and put weave on cable. That's been around for, a long time. Uh, I think the the weave to me is is that I there's there's a point where I think a lot of players the cable is something that just very gets neglected mm -hmm. in the concept of owning it or even understanding it. Everyone focuses on the guitar or instrument. Everyone focuses on the amp, but like everything in between minus pedals, obviously, it's just it's just a pass passing thought. It's just a cable. I don't even you know what good cable, bad cable. What's the difference, right? Right. And that's when I started looking for uh, our cable, there was two things that I really wanted to address. It was tone. So I wanted a low capacitance cable and something that sounded really good, depending on what length they are and 
I wanted durability. That was another big concern. I wanted to make sure if we had a cable, it was going to last for a while. I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure it could take the abuse. It can get rolled over and stepped on and wadded up and slammed in guitar cases and all sorts of stuff. And the weave is a function of that. It's designed to help protect that cable. It, it you know, it prevents the, the kinking in the binding. It can save, it can save a hit on a guitar case slamming on it. Uh, the whole thing, like, you know, running, running in between stuff and snagging on stuff that, that helps. I like the fact that poly weave is pretty much stain resistant. I'm not going to say it's like stain proof, but I really haven't seen it versus like a cotton or a cloth weave that you see mm-hmm. and you spill one beer on it and it's like, it's over. And you don't want to touch it either. Yeah. It's, it's, ones, and they yeah. Fray and, this stuff you can just, you know, literally you can get a, you know, can of air and blow, blow dust and hair off of it and, or wipe it in some water or something. And then the color concept, that was one of our early things when we started, I, I picked a color palette that I felt really worked with our brand and just kind of like the Montana earthiness mm-hmm. of it. So when we picked our original colors, uh, that is kind of, I felt set us apart a little bit, maybe just in the choice of colors. There was a lot of brights and stuff like that. We went with more of an earthy, earthy vibe or richer, darker yeah. vibe at the time. Um, and that's, that was kind of that direction, but yeah, definitely. I don't want to say oh, we were the first one to do we, there's plenty, plenty of people since then before us and all that. And, you know, there's a multi-million dollar company that makes that stuff and, you know, we're not, it's number one provider, you know, right. so, I am. You know customer. Yeah, you are. But. <laughs> uh, well, I do think it's something that sets you guys uh, apart in my book. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I mean, all of the, th- you just said it, all of the components that, uh, you decided, look, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And um, as I mentioned, what, seven years later, and I don't know how many gigs and how many practices and stuff, I'm, I'm still using those cables. Um, That's awesome. And they're the ones that are laying all over the floor and getting stepped on and stomped on and wound up day after day after day. And um, I'm, I'm really glad you're putting out quality stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, well... Hank, in, is there anything in the future, in the near future, that we can expect from you guys? Or are you just going to keep doing what you're doing? Oh man, this is this is one of these moments where it's like, do I say something <laughs> or not? <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess maybe I will say something. I think you should say something. Okay, so we get asked forever if we're ever going to do a coily cable. Oh, get out think, of here. <laughs> I think it might happen. I'm not sure. I think we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and ears peeled the next few weeks if that happens or not. But yeah, that could, <laughs> that could you, be a thing. You, you, <laughs> you're just going to start production on that. And then <laughs> so, okay. Let, well, hypothetically, if hypothetically, <clears throat> when that comes out, I mean, if, um, it, it, are we, what would we hypothetically expect? Is this going to be a weaved coily? It won't be a weaved coily. Mm. Nope. Nope. That's okay. Nope. It'll be a, uh, it'll be possibly three colors <laughs> and uh, <laughs> possibly 25 feet long coiled okay. up. Maybe. If, we don't know. If you can, <laughs> if that works out for your numbers. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> if it happens, who knows? But yeah. Yeah, could be red, could be white, could be black. 
Okay. Yeah, maybe something. Yeah. All right. Well, if if this were to happen, would there be a possibility of having uh, a longer straight portion connected to the curly part? Like fifteen inches on both sides. Yeah, possibly. Okay, possibly, yeah. but not sixteen, right? <laughs> it sounds like no. you, it sounds like you really got to figure this out. Sixteen is just a little too much, right? Sixteen right. is too much. Yeah, yeah. And fourteen would be too little. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you'll just have to see if that happens. But yeah, that's a. Uh, um, we also, I'll say this for sure is we're going to have red PVC XLR cable, which one of our we have two very popular colors, oxblood. And what we have, Sidewinder Red, mm -hmm. and that is because we have a, a black weevil for red PVC, and it gives it this kind of like fishnet stocking, mm. like uh, super rich dark maroon. Mm. So popular. Everyone loves the Oxblood, but everyone been wanting mic cables with this. So we'll be able to do that here too, hopefully wow. in the next couple of weeks. That's really cool. Very, very cool. Well, hypothetically, I'm excited for what you're doing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to transition uh, from here uh, over into the wild, wild world of Tony. This point of the show, there is a section that everyone loves, apparently. I'm told. Uh huh. It's called... Would you rather? He just gave up right away on that one. Didn't I just you? gave up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that okay? I guess so. Yeah, man. Fine. I can re-record it. Rob. Yo. Can you, you just you know, what? you're taking up space. Do something over here. Sing the thing. <laughs> what the? <laughs> the would you rather? <laughs> oh no, you've got oh, me confused my with. Gosh. You got me confused with a six foot three guy. Jeez. <laughs> six. Well, I don't know how you. That's if he's sitting how, down. How made yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Tony, I guess that'll have to do. Continue, please. As long as it suits your needs, uh, well, it, my liege. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's Would You Rather comes to us from our good friend and executive producer, Greg T. Randall, hmm. a.k.a. Greg, Greg T. Randall. Gregory Randall or... The GTR. The GTR, yes. Okay. Which is, you know, how I used to uh, uh, abbreviate guitar, GTR. You mm -hmm. still can. But I don't know what's the point. Keep going. What do you think? <laughs> I, like, I like to, you know. Yeah, I know. Little yeah, yeah, tangents. Yeah. So this week, you have been captured and taken to the lair of the evil professor, Squeaker Bellows. Whoa. Squeaker. Wait, there's a new... We've got a new... A new character. Uh, not a new character, a new... Uh, it's like the... Arch the, we villain. got the Legion of Doom. Yes, this is the arch villain. His anger and bitterness toward all things guitar comes from the belief that the accordion is a far superior instrument and should have been more popular. <laughs> And at one point, it was the accordion was yes. And then people came to their senses in the 1950s. Yes. Accordion to you, yeah. Go ahead, accordion <laughs> to me. Thanks, Hank. I appreciate that. Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Through his methodical that madness. Jug really blue. Can I continue? <laughs> yes. Through his methodical madness, the professor has developed a special time machine. 
not our time machine, but a special one. A special one. one. That will go back in time and switch one person from the band that they were supposed to be in into another band, forever changing the history of guitar music. It's a mustard yellow Ford Pinto. (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice color. Yeah. It's a really nice color. Uh It'll make a nice cable. I would. Yeah, mustard yellow. I see one right there. Yeah. (laughs) That's the orange one. Oh, that's orange? Well, it's copper. Ah. It's copper color. I have that one. That's my stage... That's the one that goes from my pedal board to my amp. Anyway, go ahead. I got you. His targets are, Mm -hmm. and this is kind of fun, and this is the would you rather. Thank goodness. Switching Dave Davies and George Harrison. Okay, Dave Davies from the Kinks. Yes, and George Harrison of some unknown group that came out of Liverpool. Never heard. Or switching Pete Townsend. And Keith Richards. Oh, that's that's blasphemy so, right so, there. So just imagine you're switching in these. Yeah, Matt, what does this have to do with the accordion? Well, the, 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 the mad professor does not like guitar or guitar players. And he wants to destroy the world of guitar music by having these personnel changes, shall we say. Did Dave, did Dave Davies play the accordion? No. no. What am I missing here? No, no. If you change the guitar players, then you'll screw up the the space sign. Well, what does that have to do with an accordion? Has nothing to it's, do with the accordion. It's the downfall of guitardom. He wants to so, destroy oh, all things guitar. Okay, but not okay. Okay. Sorry, Nobody here I plays that the accordion. Okay. Well, there's a big accordion bit. These in the are front. four yeah. non-accordion playing. Okay. All guitar right. players. Uh, okay. Well, although you never well, know, they might they have picked accordion. up on it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a nice me, accordion. Methinks the professor hath made three lefts to make a right. Okay. So the professor is going to make you decide which switch would you rather make. So, do we want to? We want to destroy guitar music. For the maximum destruction, or we want to do the least oh. amount of destruction? Well, that's that Good can question. be part of your explanation. Oh, perhaps. okay, that's a great question, Hank. Yes. Uh, okay, Tanya, you're most closely associated with your old schoolmates. <laughs> so yeah, you grew up with most of these guys. So. <laughs> oh, for God's sakes! I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> so why don't you lead us off? All right. Well, I think and name us name name three Kinks songs. Three Kinks songs? Yes. <laughs> you really got me. Okay. Waterloo Sunset. Okay. Uh, what's the uh, uh, Lola? Okay. You want more? No, that's he fine. He could have said anything. And I'd be yeah. like, a, yeah. all right. Well, yeah. when he said you really got me, I was like, <laughs> really? That's Holy cow, I, I thought you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, go ahead. As made popular by the band Van Halen. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think, and, and this is, if I wanted to... Make create maximum damage. Yes, I think switching Dave Davies and George Harrison would have probably just the Beatles would be non-existent. I mean, Dave Davies is a is a is a great guitar player, mm-hmm. but his style is good singer too. Yes, actually, he he, he did sing on a lot of yeah. the, on the Kink stuff, and also did the high parts. Yeah, um, and you know, imagine the Beatles with somebody that really rocked out on guitar. Yeah, heavy Beatles. Yeah, this was what it turned into. 
But on the other hand, well, know. it might have turned into maybe what the Beatles was going to be, <laughs> if because John John rocked hard pretty much, you know. He rocked hard pretty much, you know. Much, you know. <laughs> I think Todd just had a stroke. Hold on a minute. <laughs> Synapses are well, That's a really not. interesting thing. What if the Beatles were were like ha- had more, you know, oomph, like uh, like some yeah. of the kink stuff instead yeah. of tight trousers. Um, but on the other hand, if you wanted to, you know, minimize the damage, I think switching Pete Townsend and Keith Richards. Oh, I don't dude, know. You that, are out I mean, of your damn mind. Pete you Townsend think? and Stone. Oh, wait, wait, no. wait, that's we got to save it. Save the criticism. Yes. Wow. Okay. So, you made your decision. I uh, well, I was so, so, explaining. So you're trying to be good or bad then? He's trying to be bad. He said it would be more devastating to switch Ray Davies. I was with George trying Harrison. to answer Hank's question, you, but that, but yes, or at least provide information. Uh-huh. Me personally, no, not you. You said you personally. Oh, I heard it, Rob. You heard it too. I'm sorry. What are we doing here again? Okay, I can be. I, I have a mean streak every once in a while. Okay, every once in a while. So angry Tony. So angry Tony says. Switch Dave Davies and George Harrison. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's Excellent. Nice. That's the worst you can do. Creepy questionably. It's um, creepy. Slurp. Hank, how about yourself? <laughs> I mean, I would agree. I, I think. Really? Well, no, you yeah. you don't have to agree. You could be nice and just no. pick pick, oh. pick the one that was least damaging. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I want to go with the worst. I would agree with that. I think if you take George Harrison out, that would be uh, pretty mind-blowing. But I do am kind of intrigued by the idea of a heavier Beatle, so it would be... Uh, yeah, uh, it would be interesting. God, I mean, just like, what's that, Revolution song? Um, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, like, if we got, like, a heavier Beatles, could be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think no Harrison... Replaced with Davies, I think that would be the end of the Beatles early on. So yeah, the other destruction. The other part of that had uh, Keith Richards been in the Who uh, earlier on, uh, Keith wait, Moon wait, wait, would have probably wait. been dead about ten years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. R- R- Rob, how about you? All right. Um. Okay, I'm still not really clear on why we're picking what we're picking. Because but. this is the evil guy. Okay, this is evil, so evil? evil professor. You don't have to be mean. See, see you, now, well, I was going to say, so I think I think probably the, the greatest damage would be done if Keith wasn't in the Stones. Agreed. I mean, I'm not agree. I'm, I'll tell you later. Because I, I, I think the Beatles, <laughs> the two primary writers, I, 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 you change any one of those guys, and of course it's not going to be the same. Ah. But you've got you know, Paul and John, primary writers for right. most of the stuff. Right. So if, if you remove George from that, the le- less damage will be done versus taking Keith out of the stones. It's like, well, well Keith, damn, all those yeah. guitar parts that are... Well, no, but give Brian Jones a little credit, though, too. Yeah, I'll give him a little credit, but but I think that's going to be more like okay, the you know they're more drastically changed of all those, yeah. So that's what I. So so me, I want to be the nice guy. I agree. I think switching uh, uh, Kinks and Beatles will do the least amount of damage. Well, I disagree with. You. I know it you really do. depends on what year too. That's either at the very beginning or 
<laughs> at the point where the Beatles ended and the Stones kept going. The Mad Professor does uh, not care. Well, there we That's go. That's a too. huge difference. Okay. Yeah, we, we could have said a particular year. <laughs> yes, that that would. Uh, Mad Professor left out a few things, but that's okay. We're gonna. I'm. I'm. There's no way that I can accept that Pete Townsend subbing for Keith no. Richards makes any sense. At but all. imagine the songs that would come out of that. No, because the whole thing is Keith has got this amazing restraint, and and and. Pete has yeah, none. There's a di- there's a different there's a <laughs> none different, restraint. Uh, what am I looking for? Not vibe, but there's a different swagger to Keith's playing. He's not savvy. Hey. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Todd on this one. Yeah. Uh, well, Todd, did you decide? I just did. Oh yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was a really fun question though. And, and and if we would have added in like what year? Because that really does. And that, now that would, hypothetically, that would be, yeah. hypothetically, let's just say. This was at the very beginning. Okay. Um, because both bands were a little bit more... What do you call the very like, beginning? Ruckus. What do you call the very beginning? The very beginnings of each band. Okay. So when they were both doing like... Well, when the Stones were kind of doing a lot more like bluesy covers and... Mm-hmm. and, and but still pop. There was still pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, when they were both wearing the suits and the tr- and the tight trousers and, you know, okay. Ed Sullivan and all that business. Early 60s. Yes. Okay. As opposed to the other beginning? Yeah, the other beginning. <sighs> Anyways, um, I think I think that you could pr- you probably could say, eh, you could swap those guys and everything would be probably fine well, for a little bit. Well, I guess and especially for that because they uh, each band hadn't... Uh, they hadn't become they, themselves right, yet. Exactly. They hadn't matured. Yeah, yeah, so... Whereas if we took like kind of the height of the like, yeah like Beatles, Beatles Let It Be versus, or something like that versus, uh, uh, you know the other the later Stones, <laughs> any of the later Stones at Let all. Let It Bleed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. Carry on. We're going forward. We need to thank a few people. That was that was a great question. Yes. Thanks, GTR. Yes. Um, at this point of the show, Todd. There's a special group of people we love to thank. Yes, These are indeed. our executive producers. Now, executive producers make this show possible. Indeed. How do you become one? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron, a hero. Uh, give me another word. A wonderkind. A wunderkind. Yes. Of the podcast. Each level comes with some very nice thank you gifts. And by very nice, I mean very nice. Real nice, Clark. Real nice, Clark. Get yourself (laughs) something real nice. And uh, it opens up the world of two giveaways that we do. We have some coming up that we're going to be giving away. Yeah. Immediately, if not sooner. But there's one thing more as an executive producer... Jared, what would that be? You get to have your name read on the thing. <laughs> you're, getting... you're sounding less and less like Jared <laughs> yeah, every I day. I know, it's fine. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I know. You get your name read on the thing, and that's what I'm going to do right now. So special thanks to these executive producers. Vader and Pedals, John Halverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D., Richard Kendall, James White, Motander Guitars, Anthony Gemolero, 
Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Senchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, Don Kloss, Greg Randall, GTR, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, Stuart George, Michael Furman, James Bell, James Romer, Cameron Pampas, David Tyndall, Trevor Ellenberg, and Christopher Logan. Awesome. Oh, but Todd, yes. there's more. Mm-hmm. Because we have a special group of executive producers. We call them our grand poobas. Mm-hmm. The poobas get to wear a fez upon their head. Indeed. Whilst listening t- to the podcast. And at the same time. Yes. So special, 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 special thanks to these grand poobas. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igreda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusik, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Martin Cliff, Sean S. David Poe, Billy Spitfire Unlimited, Congregation Gear Demos, Paul Van Eppinger, Von Eppinger. I say Van all the time. Mm. Paul Von Eppinger. Yes. Scott Sullivan, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, Matt Hart, Enrico Fernando, and Moon Guitars. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for... Uh, submitting yourselves to the fine fun that is the Patreon game. Uh, we're very grateful for you. Uh, it keeps this going. Uh, Hank. Yeah. While while Tony was was uh, on his NPR burn right there, um, <laughs> <laughs> you and I concocted a plan. And what what we'd like to do is give a fantastic. Rattlesnake Cable to one of our Patreon listeners. Ooh, cool. And Hank is going to send it out to the winner. It won't cool. be coming from us. It's going to be coming from Rattlesnake. So look for a Rattlesnake box. When we end up doing that, more to come on that. Um, but I would very much like to get one of these nice cables in the hands of our listeners. That's smart thinking. Um, all right. Hank, where can people go to find out more about hypothetically, what might be happening in the future and or your existing actual cables. Cool. Well, is there a way that I could do uh, something nice for the listeners as well? Absolutely. So I set up a page on our site, rattlesnakecables.com slash guitar knobs, and you can pick up a 20% discount code. If nice. You to right give on. us a try. So that would be one way of... Uh, Seeing what we're about, uh, you can go to rattlesnakecables.com slash guitar knobs. And if you follow us on all the socials, we're everywhere, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. But primarily Instagram and Facebook is where we post the most. And that's just uh, facebook.com slash rattlesnakecables and instagram.com slash rattlesnakecables. 
Uh, that is too cool. I really appreciate that. And you did that while Tony was NPRing too? <laughs> That's what he used to do, man. Aren't yeah. you guys listening to me? <laughs> yes, You're hurting yes. my feelings. No, we're, uh, we're, we're just multi. Yeah. You're just multitaskers. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Tony, where can people find you? Head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I have available for purchase online. But, you know, by and large, what is what I do is custom work. So shoot me an email. Let me know what you're doing, what you're trying to do, what you're needing, what you're trying to need and what you're trying to oh get made gosh. what you're making and what Make you're trying your to get special made. <laughs> rob where can people find you instagram facebook only fans what nice <laughs> good stuff what? what that's where you that's where you see the real messed up repairs <laughs> jeez uh yeah. The, the I'm stuff not really, that's too have, gory you, for you Instagram. You have me stymied right now. I'm not really sure where to go. <laughs> is that an adult-only okay, uh, channel? Go to exactly. uh, uh, Mad Cow <laughs> Amplification on after dark. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mad Cow After Dark. Yeah, right. Uh, you can shoot me an email, toddatheguitarnobs.com. You can uh, reach me quickly at at Guitar Knobs on Instagram. Quickly! Quickly. Uh, we'd love to hear what's going on with you. Send us your would-you-rathers, your hopes, your dreams, and all that good stuff. And uh, also, please go check out The Valentinos. We have our new EP out, and that's on Spotify and Apple and all that business. Nice. Uh, and, um, oh, yeah, and, and get yourself a stomper. We are we keep getting selling these black sparkle ones for your HX Stomp and others. Uh, Maybe you should put an upcharge on the black and, and gold ones. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> just because they're more popular. <laughs> Halloween is just about over, so this doesn't really matter. But get yourself a, a hazard orange one. Those are cool. And order one today before the price goes up. They're 10 bucks. Protect your knobs, everybody. All right, Hank. It was great talking with you, man. It's been a long time, and uh, yeah, great to be back. Very excited that you are still doing the the things that you do, and for the hypothetical cool things that are coming. Yep. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe. Well, it was before I started. Just before. Just before. Only just. Ah, Lee, wee little bit. Hank. I'm just gonna call them someday. And be like, I need to speak to the pickup guy. Yeah. Here. I mean, he's not here. Oh, before you put your ears on, can you grab me a soda pop? My goodness sakes. Hank, do you want anything from the fridge? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Hank. Hank, will you like this? Would you rather? It's about wireless guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that was a little bit more, I'm not going to say polish. That's not the right word. <laughs> it was longer. Yeah. It was longer. It yeah. was more. It was yeah. more something. It was more, it was more something. <laughs> I don't know what, but it was something. Yeah. But aside from that, he's exceptional at what he does. Thank you, Todd. You're welcome. Exceptional? Exceptional. Yeah. Leave. Let, that was a nice compliment from Todd. Just let it go. Yeah. It was crazy. Uh, anyways, we've evolved, man. We're <laughs> medium time now. <laughs> nice. Come on, Todd. I thought there was a podcast tonight. Yeah. Dude, I'm far back for. And when you're done Johnny, with that, Johnny Vegas. When you're here. done with that, can you uh, maybe sweep up the floor a little bit, Hank? And away we go. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com 
forward slash The Guitar Knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, Four on the Floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.